Annyeonghaseyo. Welcome to Afternoona Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare wrecks for good measure, because why not ride the haul you wave all the way to shore? So grab some duck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. We're back together. Yay. Woo. It's Girls Gone Wild. (laughs) (laughs) Except Megan's got kids, if you and I don't. No, yeah, today it's just me and so with spring break here, my partner has left the state with two of our children and then my son is at a sleepaway science camp and so I have the house to myself and that would sound like wow, just like I thought, like wow, I'm going to have the house to myself except I just was discounting the fact that there's the animals. And so you all know how much I like having pets or not. <laughs> And what I realized is that when everyone's here who likes the pets and invests in the pets, and the pets are getting a lot of TLC. However, when it's just me, the emotional robot or the repressed Victorian mother who just would like to (laughs) pet them on the head and walk past them, that's not going to work. So let me just give you an example of like the emotional neediness of my animals. Last night, I went out and had drinks and dinner with a friend. And I came back just after dark and I parked the car and I'm walking up the driveway and my dog, who is just such a dummy, sticks his, her little like head through the railing of the balcony and is like, because she like can let herself out of the house because she like can open up the sliding door. So she's probably been barking to like everyone for hours and everyone hates me. (laughs) So she's like, and then the cat, the cat pops its little head through the thing and is like, no are you serious (laughs) yes i think that the cat and the dog have this like toxic friendship now where like they don't like each other but they hang out all the time yeah and now they're like relying on each other but the cat's like taking traits of the dog like i said so the dog will just start barking at me and then the cat's coming up to me like i'm like rolling around next to the dog and i'm like i don't even know what's happening coupled that with the fact we've got the four chickens who are like the least of my worries they just lay their eggs and i let them out and they like want some larvae and then they're happy and then there's the bearded dragon that's on some sort of hunger strike and somebody recently was like and here megan i'm curious about this somebody was like i heard bearded dragons are really smart and i will say from my own personal experience this bearded dragon is either like a monk that has taken some deep meditation retreat and has been in a cave and is like on a different level of existence completely after like 30 years of isolation (laughs) or it's not that smart so i'm curious too because i've seen like videos of people who have bearded dragons who like they call their name and the dragon like runs to them (laughs) and i'm like are you freaking kidding my bearded dragon like i feel bad because his tank is right behind me like can he like what if he can but i think he's dumb so i don't think he can understand me but he's so stupid like there's his little dish that i put like one side is his lettuce and the other side is like his mealworms or i guess whatever bug i give him and he's never can so they have that like that like you know tongue and that's like i don't think it's sticky like a chameleon but they like that's how they kind of like eat they like fling out their tongue and pick something up and then chew it he misses there's i mean i'm I'm talking like it's bright green law like a big piece of romaine lettuce 
right in front of his face and he misses it like five times. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, how can you not? I know your eyes are on the side of your head, but like, haven't you adapted to that? Like, this is like evolution. Right? I feel I feel this deeply. And I also so my my lizard isn't well, it's not my lizard, the lizard that so my daughter, my middle daughter loves this lizard. Mm-hmm. It was not like, meant to be hers, right? Wasn't it? No. Yeah. So which I think is I a think funny I've, story in and of I itself. I think I've told the origin story of the lizard before, but the origin story of the lizard because Megan wanted a lizard and Megan sought out getting a bearded dragon. Me. Correct. Yes, yes you. I did not. But I was working in the pandemic one day and my son ran up to me and was like, blah, blah, uh, can I, can I, can I? And I was working and I was like, what? Sure, whatever. And apparently that what sure, whatever was like, yes, tell the science teacher we will adopt this bearded dragon <laughs> because, you know, it's COVID and they're like shutting everything down. So then he like, I found out after and I'm like, oh, well, whatever. It's like a little lizard. It'll be fine. So we go pull up and they come out with this huge tank. And this creature that's like the size of a loaf of bread. I was like thinking it was like they're going to be like a pinky. <laughs> yeah. Like you thought it was going to be like one of those anoles, those like little tiny anoles. Yeah. And I'm scared get. of those. And yeah. so oh I was God. like, oh shit. Well, I don't know what to do about that, but that like, I'm not going to touch that. And so anyway, we got home. My son thought it was going to be so sweet. He put it on his desk. And I guess that night as he was like working away, the lizard made eye contact with him and shat itself. <laughs> and... <laughs> Apparently that is like an unpleasant thing that happens when the yeah. lizard does that. And so my son was just like, I can't love this lizard, whatever. And I was like, well, what? I mean, like now what? Like now we have this lizard. It pooped like the first night and now we're done. Like that's just it. Like I can't do that. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there in my head like, oh my God, this is like, I hate my son right now and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and my daughter was like, I want it. It is my son. And I was like, sold. You have now adopted yourself a lizard. And she's like Daenerys Targaryen with this thing. Like, she wears it around the house. She loves it. It's her baby. That's why I really don't want the lizard to have any problems. Because, like, my daughter will never forgive me if something happens to her baby. Yeah. Well, I know. You you, you expressed earlier that you're worried because he's not eating super well. And I, I will say that my bearded dragon does go through periods where he doesn't eat as much. It's very weird. Like, sometimes he eats, like... I'm talking like I could feed him 10 mealworms a day and he would eat it. And the other days he goes like three days without eating any mealworms. And I just think they're like, they go through cycles. And then also if he's, if your bearded, bearded dragon is about to shed, they will eat less. That's okay. like a, you know, tumultuous time. Yeah. In so their maybe lives. that's what's happening. All I know is I feel like I am like the K-drama claw machine of a Moogie death because I'm reaching in. I'm grabbing these mealworms. And then yeah. my husband, because I called being like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, he's not eating these things. And he's like, well, what you should do is like incapacitate the worm, but like leave it still alive. Because oh like, because the lizard doesn't move quickly. So he's like, oh what I like God. to do is just like incapacitate it. And then the lizard can eat it. And I was like, well, that sounds horrifying and yeah. karmically bad on every level. Like, I do not want, I mean, this this mealworm. How do you make a mostly dead mealworm? Like what he said, like break its little mealworm neck, basically. So that I'm sitting there with chopsticks trying to like be like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to like hurt the mealworm, even though I'm trying to feed it to the lizard. And so then I just sat there with chopsticks holding the mealworm in front of the lizard's face, like rubbing it on his mouth, like eat it. And the mealworm's like, What? Oh fresh God. hell is this that you're rubbing me on this lizard's mouth? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, I don't know what to do. I bought like special like insect pinchers like I'm like they're like 
they're basically just like massive tweezers okay and i have to do that sometimes i have to like hold it in front of his face but i always know when he's not ready it's so funny because like these mealworms are like freaking out like wriggling all over the tweezer because i'm like i'm literally tweezing you to your doom yes and um he's like freaking out and i do i rub it on his mouth and if he does this slow blink then i know he doesn't eat he doesn't want yes so okay mind ours are like brothers from another mother yeah and if other- he does a slow blink he's he's don't don't he's not gonna eat you can't well, make me, him eat yeah no yeah and he'll just close his eyes like he's disgusted with yeah me. exactly mine does the same thing i'm like what do you what do you have to be disgusted <laughs> yeah, i'm like i'm feeding you this fat worm that i just broke its <laughs> neck so now what it's like this like worm that's like all effed up and for what for what? Oh, yeah. I really hope our listeners are enjoying eight minutes of mealworms. <laughs> well, I'm not done because I've got one more thing and then I'm done. I'm not done. <laughs> so the other thing about this lizard is that he used to be in a tank at the school with another bearded dragon. And so he was Yi and the other dragon was Norbert after like the Harry Potter dragon. And apparently Yi in some horrific strangers from hell effed up weekend <laughs> The teacher came back and Yi had eaten the foot of Norbert. Oh, God. However, they don't have teeth. They just have like their little mouth and tongue. It's, so did he like, just like hold it down and like aggressively like lick it? I think they almost have like a hard rim sort of like because they can bite like mine can bite mealworms in half. Well, just so you know, mine was also as a like a young as a young dragon, he was in a tank with a bigger bearded dragon, and the bigger bearded dragon bit his toes off. So, so maybe this is the same. This is yeah. I think that's what yeah. happened. It wasn't his foot; it was toes. Yeah, he bit. Apparently, it's like actually kind of impressive to have a bearded dragon with all his toes, especially if he was in a tank with other bearded dragons, because that's what they do. They like bite. <laughs> they bite toes. Well, <laughs> I. We're here today to not talk. I mean, I know I started it. I, know I, I think started, I just. I, know- I think I just nodded <laughs> off. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry to the listeners talking so, about our bearded dragon toes <laughs> or lack thereof <laughs> um okay segue is oh my god how do you go from here toes are important <laughs> and so is finding true love oh my god <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody yeah <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> I do. I just. I just want to say one thing. So if you didn't About listen to our dragons, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> if you didn't listen to our host tastes podcast, you should, um, especially the very end. But it was really funny because we got a a comment on our Instagram that was like, you know, when Amy loses it, like there's no coming back because <laughs> Amy laughed so hard at the end of that podcast. I don't think she's. I mean, she's laughed. I'm sure Amy she's not laughed. laughing like that now. No. But- <laughs> amusing her tonight but i just i really love that comment it made me laugh a lot because it's so true like i i do remember amy laughed so hard i don't know if she's laughed that hard at any other podcast in her i was you're making me sound like this like humorless <laughs> curmudgeon <laughs> like <laughs> okay and you're okay, still okay. not laughing okay so <laughs> just because 12 minutes of bearded dragon doesn't stimulate me <laughs> oh god okay it's- okay wait, oh so speaking of 12 minutes of bearded dragon 
is not stimulating. 12 but episodes. 12 episodes <laughs> of business proposal. <laughs> that was a good one. There we go. One. Yeah. Okay. So Netflix finished airing a business proposal yesterday, and we're recording a podcast on it today. That's a quick turnaround for us and for good reason. Business Proposal, a K-drama based on a webtoon of the same name, is an absolutely delicious rom-com meal full of tasty, not mealworms, tropes <laughs> <laughs> tropes and cliches all done by a writer who clearly understands romance and the audience. The basic premise is a food researcher named Shin Hari poses as her best friend to go on a blind date with a man who turns out to be the very handsome and very rich president of her company. Hilarity ensues as she tries to keep her two identities a secret without being fired, all while the president, Kang Tae-mu, finds himself falling for her no matter which identity she's taken on. So here's a rundown of what you'll find in Business Proposal. Fake identities, fake dating, secret dating, shopping montage with a Che Balls money, a fall that leads into a kiss, more kisses, lots of kisses. Cooking together, a drunken confession, a meddling grandfather, bathroom humor, fireworks, a hero phobia based on a childhood trauma, an umbrella rescue, and a very sexy romance between the secondary leads. Interested? You should be. This is a podcast hosted by romance writers, after all, so we're eager to get into why this hit all of our romance buttons. We're going to talk a little bit about it without spoilers first, but we can say with confidence that even if we listed every plot point of this drama, you would still absolutely enjoy every episode as the cast is stellar and the drama is full of humor, heart, and some heat. So first of all, of the tropes and cliches, and I use that word with love here, listed in the drama and any others that you can think of, which is your favorite of Business Proposal? <sighs> I think that I am going to say that out of all of it, my favorite is just having an off-the-hook secondary lead romance. Yeah, they were great. I completely agree. I love, it's kind of like with Run On, how there was just like a really solid... There was no love triangle. It was just a solid secondary lead romance. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things. I mean, you know I love a love triangle. Yeah. However, <laughs> when there is just like a fully formed, really great B romance, because a lot of times I feel like, like I did, I really loved like the hint of B romance we got in Our Beloved Summer recently. We talked mm, about that. Yes. And we thought it was, that fun. was a lot of fun. It wasn't very well developed, but it was fun. Whereas this was like a fully formed, I was at times almost more invested in the secondary romance even though i like the primary romance but that's just how good the secondary was yeah it almost felt like four main leads sometimes it did yes which i was totally down for i loved yep. it so i feel like i mentioned this and we had a podcast that was like our favorite cliches or something like that and i'm almost positive i talked about like drunken confessions in that one and this had a drunken confession one playground equipment because K dramas also love playground equipment. They really do. It's, it's, uh, like it's all like the same playground slots. too. <laughs> it is, I know. So there was one in this, which was actually like a really pivotal moment, and I just really freaking loved it. It was a really good one. I liked it a lot too, and it it, it was because it was a different kind of confession, right? And it I wasn't liked a that. love confession. Yes, I liked That's it a correct. lot. Yeah, and same thing. Like speaking of being different, I loved the. 
later in the drama Umbrella Rescue because it was also a little bit of a flip on the norm and I liked it a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, there's something super romantic about the umbrella for me. I love it. Like it makes me, it, it makes me think of like one of my favorite umbrella scenes was in I Am Not a Robot and like it always kind of brings me back to that because I really love that one. So yeah, oh I like God. this one too. I for- yeah, and even just like in I Am Not a Robot, like the umbrella had like a lot, like yes. there was like a meaning to the umbrella itself. And in this, there was a meaning on why the umbrella rescue was so special. Yes, so absolutely. I completely agree. So did we have any expectations going into this drama? So I'll actually go first. I would say that the title... Now I think the title's really good, but at the time I thought it was kind of bland. And also the cover poster for the drama were just kind of average for me, so I wasn't planning on checking it out, honestly. And it was only after seeing a lot of chatter on social media about how hilarious it was, and like I saw some kind of like gifts and little scenes, and I was like, okay, this looks like worth checking out. And I'm so glad I did, because there's definitely like bonkers humor. <laughs> And kind of like over the top humor, and that's my favorite. And this had it in spades. Yeah, I was laughing out loud early on in episode one. I think that says a lot for how well they did the comedy. And so, Megan, you were the first one who watched it. So, obviously, like what drew me to this was you raving about it and like saying that it was like Secretary Kim, but like possibly even better. And that's not to say anything bad about Secretary Kim because we love that one. But I do think that business proposal writers love Secretary Kim as well because I felt a lot of homage to that drama. And because I love Secretary Kim, any comp is going to sell me. And I was immediately charmed by the four leads, played by An Yosef, Kim Sejong, Solana, and Kim and Q. And I mean, the whole ensemble was lovely and really funny, and I adored them all from the start. So I really felt this drama, as you said, I feel like there was, it was a little bit almost like a love letter to what's wrong yes. with Secretary Kim. Like, I definitely felt that they, there was like, they knew what they were doing. And clearly they love Secretary Kim because there were just a lot of similarities, but it was still different enough, obviously, that Absolutely. it stood on its own. But I did kind of like that because I felt like, okay, whoever wrote this, like, appreciated Secretary Kim, as they should. Because I would say that Anya Yosep was definitely kind of like a different version of Park Sojun. Okay, so any funny blind date stories of our own? Yes. So going back in the time machine to you know, circa 2021, 22. No. What? Going back That's to what, the time That machine. is not a time machine. That is present like, day. <laughs> going, <laughs> going back into the... Okay. <laughs> Round two. Yeah. Jumping back into a time machine and going to the year 2001, 2002. My mom was a nurse who worked in a a nursing home environment with Alzheimer's patients. And at this time, I had gotten involved with a guy who is now my husband, who was Australian, and my mom was not loving the idea of me getting involved with someone overseas. So much like a K-drama parent, she concocted a plan where she was going to get me to fall in love with someone local who was very much not going to be like my boyfriend. And she didn't have a large pool to choose from because, you know, she was like a 40 something mom. Like, you know, she wasn't like out finding like young 20 something bucks. So she worked with what she had and what she had were Alzheimer's patients and the family that would come visit them. So my mom, like some spider spinning her web, there was like some nice guy that would come and like visit his grandpa once a week And my mom was like, this is it. 
like this guy's it and he was like really friendly apparently and nice to my mom and kind to his grandpa like good guy like he probably would have been great marriage material anyway my mom was like like i don't even remember what the correlation was like you're a human my daughter's a human you have that in common (laughs) like let's have you all hang out so i'm like at home one day and this guy just shows up at the house and is kind of confused and uncomfortable and i really quickly realized that my mom has like brought home a guy from the nursing home who was visiting his grandma grandpa to be like you need to meet my daughter and i was like what fresh hell is this and (laughs) how is this even possible and like who is this poor boy and like how can we save him and myself and so (laughs) it really quickly comes out that he has a girlfriend he like really gets that out there fast And I was like, well, we have so much in common considering I have a boyfriend. And we're all sitting there having cups of tea with my mom who's come home from work and is still in her nursing scrubs. We lived across the street from the nursing home. So that's how she brought the boy home. I should give some context. It wasn't like they drove across town. We literally were like on the doorstep of this place. And, you know, the sparks did not fly. I was humiliated and pissed (laughs) off. And very much like, why are we bringing home strange guys to like lure me away? And it just is like, just not a good look, mom. So anyway, I was really embarrassed. This poor guy is like talking about his girlfriend. And I was like, dude, it's okay. Like, my mom has not brought you here under like my (laughs) instructions. And so, yeah, it felt a little K-drama, like very much like two people who really did not want to be meeting under those particular circumstances. And I mean, he was fine. Like, good for him. God, I hope he has lived a blessed life. Hashtag blessed to him. <laughs> but that was just not going to be my journey that day. Right. Right. That That's absolutely a K-drama. I, and surprisingly, I don't have, that I can think of, I don't have any good blind date stories. I don't know if you consider now, like, you know, dating off of dating apps, if that's like truly a blind date. I mean, I guess when you meet for the first time, you kind I mean, of, but I think this is, is more like, you know, like yeah. your friends set yeah, you Yeah, no, I've never a... actually like, been like set up like that. But if I, if I ever do have a blind date that's going south, I'm totally going to steal something that I'm going to steal from like what Shin Hari tries to do, like in her first date with Kang Mu, which I won't spoil right now because Megan has a really good part of it later. But just the, how over the top she gets with trying to just turn him off immediately. And instead, she's like completely charming. It's just, it's so funny. She's so charming. She is. I had a crush on her this whole time. Yeah. So how did we feel about the pacing of the drama and the 12 episode length? So I've really fallen in love with the 12 episode length. To me, eight often feels too short. Like my name, I felt like we needed more. I really liked my name and I think it was well written. But, you know, I really could have gone 12 episodes there. Same with Semantic Error. So 12, I feel like, is just kind of a sweet spot at the moment. And 16 or, you know, I mean, like, look, and I'm the person who likes the longer dramas. Like 20 to 23, 24, don't put me off. But the 16 level sometimes feels like what it's quote unquote supposed to be in terms of length. But I feel like since there's this, like, idea that, like, 16 is probably, like, some contractual obligation many of the times, it feels like we can really get some introduction of some saggy middle in terms of plotting. And you really avoid that so much more in a 12-episode drama. Yeah, it's funny, because right before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about, like, the books we're working on now. And, you know, I was saying that my longest book was, like, 80K. And I think it was actually, like, my weakest book, because I don't think it should have been 80,000. And I was stretching it to 80,000, because that's what I was contracted to do at the time with a publisher. And I just, it's not good. I think there are a lot of people who can write 80K and write it well. So don't, 
I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there are a lot of people I don't think that write 80k well, and I am one of those people. And I think my books are much better at a shorter a shorter word count. I'm talking about word count, by the way. Sorry. I guess. I know that's such like normal talk for us, but yeah, yeah. I'm going full like author talk, but I'm needing 80, 80,000 words. But anyway, so it's just interesting to me because it's obviously similar with K dramas. And to me, this length felt really perfect. Of course, I wanted like more of like all the characters, but I, I think that 12 episodes seems really great for a rom-com without like a big external plot. Like, I don't know, a serial killer or something. You know what I mean? Secretary Kim could have been 12 episodes. Exactly. Yes. And I think it would have been a lot stronger if it was tightened up into 12 episodes. So I think whoever made that decision was was correct. Yeah, 12 seems to be like a really good sweet spot, like you said, for a romance that doesn't have like a big conflict in it. And even though Secretary Kim did have a bit of a bigger trauma, I guess, it wasn't a bit, there wasn't much conflict, which is why, like, I don't think Secretary Kim had a saggy middle at all. It had a saggy end. You know, like, Mm -hmm. everything was resolved and everybody was happy, and then we had, like, three episodes of fluff, which some people enjoy that, and that's fine, but the story was done for me, so I was like, what am I watching for here? Whereas this, like, the arc had just enough time, there wasn't, you know, filler or anything like that, I didn't feel like anything was drawn out, and we didn't have a huge conflict, which I was totally okay with, like, I just adored seeing these actors on screen and the chemistry that they had together, and 12 was a perfect fit for that. Yeah, I mean, every episode is just, like, focused on the two romances. There was rarely, like, a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, there was, like, obviously some stuff going on in the chicken shop, which her parents owned, which was which was fun. But, yeah, for the most part, it was, it was really tightly boiled down to the romance. And now it's time for our favorite part of our podcast, which is the K-pop wreck of the week. And this week, Megan's going to do it. So, look, I have two this week. And because it's our podcast and we can make the rules. Do what we want. Mm, my time. My time. It's <laughs> my time. So uh, let me let me say this. I, like, I'm talking like I put in our script a while ago that I was going to recommend Blow by Jackson Wang. Jackson Wang is formerly of Got7. And so because I, I had sent Amy and Leah this like video and song and I'm like, this is so good so it is in all english jackson is is fluent in several languages including english i really enjoy jackson um i haven't always loved his solo work but this song is on another level the video is sexy as hell oh it's I so love... good oh my god it's so it, good but it's like sexy yeah. in like a cool concept yes. way it's not do you know what i'm saying yeah, it's, I, I just, you gotta check it out. That's basically all I gotta say. It's sexy Low. without being raunchy is what you're saying. Right, and it's, and, but it, the concept is really cool. He's in a corset. It has this like old Victorian, dusty, sexy vibe. I don't, I don't even know. I love it. Okay, so that was always going to be the recommendation. And then good old Big Bang had a comeback. And I could not, n- not. You couldn't skip it. I couldn't skip okay. recommending. Let's not use double you. negatives here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so I couldn't skip mentioning this song because it's really incredible. So, you know, Big Bang is huge. I, I don't really need to, to explain the importance of Big Bang in K-pop. And they're all discharged from the military now. And so the four of them, because the one uh, left the group, released Still Life. And the song itself is like... <laughs> 
it's like this like hopeful goodbye in a way it feels like a goodbye but there's like a lot of hope to it and it's just beautiful and so is the music video and I love it I can't stop listening to it it's like a ballad but just so much to it and I really think you need to watch it with the music video because that has a lot of meaning to it as well and one thing that I'm really happy about is so Daesung has always been kind of my bias in Big Bang and I always feel like he's like a little underrated and I sent the video to Leah and Amy and Leah right away is like who is this dude I mean who is this dude and it made me so happy because she basically like fangirled over Daesung with me. And I just, yeah. I felt as so one happy. should. As one should. He's beautiful. He's gorgeous. Yeah. And his voice is heavenly. And yeah, I'm really proud of Big Bang for releasing a song like this. So anyway, so there we go. I have two recommendations this week. Blow by Jackson Wang and Still Life by Big Bang. If you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, Blow up your skin with K Merch Rex. Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gumsamnida. So we're now going to get into the spoiler section. So first, let's break down business proposal a little further. Shin Hari's best friend is the daughter of a chable, and she asks Hari to take her place on a blind date. When Hari shows up, she quickly learns the man sitting across from her is the president of her company. She catches Kang Taemu's eye despite her attempts to end the date. And when he learns about her deception, he asks her to sign a contract for a fake relationship so his grandfather stops setting him up on blind dates. But Taemu still doesn't know she's his employee, and she frantically tries to hide it at work, which leads to many ridiculous scenes and much hilarity. So what scenes did you find particularly hilarious between the two main leads? So I'll go first. And I think Amy kind of was referencing this scene before. So look, the entire blind date scene is just is just comedy gold. I mean, that is, as soon as, like, I watched that whole blind date, I'm like, I'm sold. I love this. I love this drama. This is exactly my type of humor. It's so funny. So, obviously, Shin Hari realizes that Taemu is, like, the president of her company. So, she already was planning on, like, completely ruining the blind date to, like, kind of, like, you know, brush off the guy, but now she really needs to lose him. So she really goes over the top and is trying to act kind of completely nuts. 
to turn off Temu. And the best part is she calls her boobs Rachel and Samantha. She says they're fake, right? She's like, I just yeah. like I just got these yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I just got these Rachel and Samantha with her like, you know, accent. And it's just freaking hysterical. She does this little shoulder shimmy and kind of like this, you know, these like flirty eyes. And I think that was the moment I fell in love with Kim Se-jong, the actress. I mean, she is just so good. And I think, honestly, there was like, I saw chatter about Rachel and Samantha <laughs> on Twitter before I started watching the drama. And I'm like, I need to know what this is about. I'm seriously, and I'm telling you, the whole drama is worth it. But that scene was was just delightful. That was the first thing I texted in our Slack chat when I started watching it. As I dropped right in, I said, oh my God, Rachel and Samantha. It's like the best yeah. thing I've ever seen. So funny. And that was definitely one of my favorites of the entire drama. First, can, this isn't what I was going to, you know, point out, but like, can I, can we just say that like her quote unquote disguise for him not knowing who <laughs> Shin Hari is versus, you know, uh, Shin Gumhi is a wig and that she yeah, dresses more provocatively as Shin Gumhi, but like. And more makeup. That's it. Yeah. But not that much more makeup. No, no. And like. I mean, this is, like, worse than, like, Clark Kent in the glasses. Like, yeah, it is. It is. It's, so, like, how do you not see? It's yes. the same person. Like, so funny. But, yeah. so, <laughs> so, yeah, the Rachel and Samantha, the boobs, that was one of my favorites. I also love the scene where Hari and Young So, her, her best friend, get dropped off by the police at Hari's family's fried chicken shop because the two women are, like, falling down weeby drunk. They're so funny. And at one point, Hari is yelling at Young So for going on and on about something, probably that she thinks that she just met the love of her life and, you know, is she ever going to find him again or whatever. And, like, they're weeping and crying and, like, falling on the floor. And she's, like, yelling, like, stop talking about that. You've been going on and on. I'm going to rip your mouth off. And she's grabbing at Young So's mouth, but, like, not violently at all, like, clumsily and drunkly. And then Young So is, like, screaming ow. And then Hari starts crying more and saying, what's wrong with your mouth? It's ripped open. When really her mouth is just open because she's drunkenly crying. Like it was, it was like one of the best portrayals of like sloppy, sloppy, sloppy drunk that I've ever seen. Right. Like I totally bought it. It was so funny. I was, I was, I think I was like lying in bed watching that scene and I was like kicking my legs happily because I was like, this is such a good scene. And those two actresses, like, freaking kudos man i was fully convinced that they just had too much soju and they were like rolling around i mean on the her floor. hands like harry's hands were in her I, in her mouth like in her mouth it's so oh my god just the acting in that scene i love them i and I, i'm kind of a little yeah. sad that we already did our female friendship podcast. yes because we'll they're the best one. ones so far these friends yeah. just fyi their friendship throughout the entire drama was really i thought beautiful honestly Maybe I'm basic, but I couldn't get enough out of the, um, and bear with me on the pronunciation here, the Archaeopteryx. Archaeopteryx. Yes, Archaeopteryx. Oh my gosh, that was Archaeopteryx. I tried, I tried, every time I saw it on screen, I'm like, I can't say that. And that's, and we're we're talking about like just the name of a dinosaur bird. And I just love like the ongoing bit of every time he would text and like the little... Archaeopteryx would like pop out of the phone and then as she like starts to like him it would and, have like, like a little heart on its head yeah yeah and it would call like whenever he whenever he called rawr, it would go rawr. like yeah it was yes. just like a fun i mean like the thing is in writing there's often like a shtick you will do in romance where like you're gonna give like the hero or the heroine like a 
quirky nickname or there's gonna be like some shtick like we all do it everyone does it but in this case this one just like worked so well like it was so freaking random Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god this actually like takes something that i like really feel like i know well (laughs) and I'm really enjoying it again. It's, like, fun. Well, one thing I think is, like, that I usually love about romance novels particularly is I feel like they always kind of draw the reader into, like, inside jokes. And you feel like, as a reader, you know, you you have an in with the characters. There's an inside joke. And that's what the Archaeopteryx, I can't say that either. That's what I felt like that was like. It was like an inside joke Mm -hmm. that us viewers felt like we were in on. And that's always going to give us like uh, even a better connection with the story and the characters and stuff like that. It was really funny. Especially because Taemu was like, I don't really look like that, do I? And then like Sunghoon is like, you kind of do. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. And their friendship too. Yeah, I mean, uh, just lots of really good. Yes. It was a good drama for friendships just like you know the inauguration for joe biden was a good time for coats <laughs> yeah this was great a great time, for, time for friendships okay so eventually the truth comes out between hari and Temu in regards to both her identity and their feelings we also learn that Temu, in k-drama chable fashion has a childhood trauma but this isn't zip ties a la what's wrong with secretary kim this is rain <laughs> Like, R-A-I-N, like, the wet stuff that falls from the sky. (laughs) So, what did you think about this backstory? So, look. (laughs) I appreciated that they didn't go full crazy backstory like her private life. Because I'm sorry, I'll never be over that. Like, I'm I'm not going to get into spoilers, but I'll never be over what they did in that drama. It was crazy and weird. Okay, so... (laughs) But did I think rain was, like, a completely inconvenient phobia? Like, yes. It's rain. (laughs) But it seemed like it most bothered him when he was driving, since that's, uh, we're in the spoiler section, so, you know, his parents died in a car crash when it was raining. So, you know, fair, like, I hate driving in the rain, too, but, like, he lived in New York for a while, didn't he? Like, it rains a lot. (laughs) in new york and i just imagined him like riding the like underground subway for like hours while it rained and like he finally emerges like days later when it's dry like it just you know i mean there were a couple times where it just like started raining and he got that like like frantic look and i'm like dude you're not even in a car like let's it's okay (laughs) but it was uh, you know what i at least it wasn't like nuts i think i was okay with it because it wasn't like again it wasn't like her private life or even what's wrong with secretary kim because that was crazy yeah i was a little side-eyeing it like i did message in our slack chat i was like really like if he's gonna have a panic attack every time it rains and he's behind the wheel like the man should never be driving unless he live unless he lives in the desert because i mean like South Korea looks like it's got a fairly, like, you know, like, changeable climate like we do here in the Midwest, where it can be raining, you know, one minute and then totally sunny, you know, a minute later. So I was just like, and his reaction to it, I mean, the fact that he threw her out of the car in the middle of a storm with no umbrella. Just, just fucking get she's out. Like, he just stops the car and he's basically like, get the fuck out. And she's that like, what? And he's like... I was so turned off by that, I have to say. I mean, he yeah. made up for it after, but, like, the fact that he's, like, because he didn't want her to see him have a panic attack, but as soon as I get the fuck out of the car, I have a meeting that I forgot about. See ya. And, like, leaves her. Stranded. I know. 
when we go back and we unpack the flashback of what happened the night of the accident, and it was basically, you know, the parents had to go out and Tamu as a little bratty boy was like, I want to go to the amusement park right now. And they were like, you know, we got plans. And he's like, hurry up, come take me to the amusement park. So then he's in the car with his grandpa, you know, Chairman Kong, and he calls his parents and it's dark and pissing rain. And he's like, I want to go to the amusement park right now. And I'm like, bitch, like what amusement park are we talking about? <laughs> is it indoors? I'm like, is this like Mall of America playground? Because if not, like I don't understand Mall. what's happening. Mall of America. Because <laughs> it's pouring yeah, rain real. and it's past your bedtime. And then the dad is like, well, shit, I got to get my kid to the amusement park. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night and he just fucking guns the gas and then spins out yeah like it's within one second he's like okay and then they're dead yeah and i was like i don't know it felt like that's the thing is i forgave a lot in this drama yeah because there are things that were not perfect i know at the beginning i'm like it's perfect it's perfect but yeah this this was one where (laughs) i don't know let's talk about grandfather okay so Chairman Kong, what is your favorite grandfather scene? And what did you think about the conflict he posed to Hari and Temu? So I'm going to say grandpa could get it. Like I had a real conflict here because oh like his voice, I'm a real voice girl. And that like gravelly voice, I was like, don't you remember him from Suspicious yes. Partners? Like you didn't feel like no, this about I him did then? Not. <laughs> I, how old is he? We got to look up. How, I got to see how old he, he was in Suspicious Partner. I just realized that. Oh, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, what do I know him from? I had to find it. out like, I knew right him away. Too. I just couldn't picture. It. Okay. All right. I'm looking it up right now. Lee Dakwa is 69 years well, old. I mean, what a fuckable age that is. <laughs> <laughs> a fuckable age. Adam, Adam to the oh, list shit. with uh... another mature hero letter. <laughs> I don't know who's he even getting added to because like no one else. I guess he's like getting added to my Malcolm McDowell Andrew age, like my no upper limit. Yeah, I, I I loved him. Yeah, I mean, but for Grandpa, like I was like, look, Grandpa can honestly still kind of get it. So yeah, I mean, Grandpa and like his constant need for the bathroom, like you know, we got to get the poop humor in a in a k-drama so i just really loved him i thought he was funny and he posed a conflict without being cruel and i think he truly loved his grandson and he also seemed to be like a pretty good boss to his employees well like all the employees except Tari. and i really cackled when they showed him wearing like a face mask and watching dramas like i super love <laughs> and the, his like, face mask had like little whiskers on it yeah i super <laughs> love the like <laughs> yes oh yeah it was like a total like animal one yes when it came to the how he kind of like posed a conflict like i sort of did understand because they lied to him and they deceived him like i totally yeah. get that he was kind of they pissed did. so I, I like you know i don't always love where it's just like this person is a different social status than you like i know that's a common k-drama trope but i like when it's a little bit more deep than that and on like for him that's what he was most mad about it, he he wasn't like you know, she's just a mere employee. He's just like, you lied and deceived me. So I'm kind of mad at you about it. And you know what, Grandpa? Right. You're right. You're you right. Are right. And he didn't have any context that they were actually in love either. <laughs> like, correct. So we're like, right. He didn't believe well, that. And right. they didn't lead with that either. Remember? Like, yeah. for a long right. time, they weren't like, 
like there were at least a good part of an episode where he didn't realize they were actually together. He just thought she deceived him. And there is also this like going back to the poop humor, which I am not above the poop humor. Like when he found out that, you know, Shin Gumhee was also Shin Hari, the one who was always keeping him from having a really, you know, necessary <laughs> bowel movement. Like, you know, that got to yeah. him too. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like she was always getting in the, in the way of that when he found out that's who she was too. Like that's a little bit of an ego slap as right. well. But you know what? I'm here for the poop humor. Like, again, I am not a robot. Like there are some funny poop humor scenes in K-dramas. But aside from that, I also love the end scene when grandpa's in the hospital and calls Temu to come see him. And Hari's like, no, let me go instead. And I'm going to like basically win him over. And it is such a funny, touching scene of like all the things that she does, you know, by bringing him Sangwa tea and putting on like his fishing show and then singing along to the TV. And she's like, is it bothering bothering you that I'm singing? Like I always sing when I watch TV with my parents. He's like, I'm hard of hearing. I can't hear it. It doesn't, whatever. I can't hear it anyway. But then he's like bopping along to it when she can't see him. And, you know, it was really, really Yeah, I love this. <laughs> I love that she says to Tamu, she's like, I'm usually really popular with the over 60 crowd. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but he really was like falling for her and like who she was because she's super charming. And the thing is, in that scene, she wasn't putting on an act. Like, that's really who she is. Mm-hmm. Like, she's really, like, interested in other people. She's charming. And I love that scene. I could have had more, like, later with with Grandpa. But, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. The secondary couple was made up of Young So, which is Hari's bestie, and Sung Hoon, which is Taemu's secretary and his best friend. So what did we love about this relationship? I thought they were so fun. Like, I enjoyed their romance so much. Like, I was never, you know, when it switched back and forth between couples, I was never like, oh, I wish it would get back to the other couple. Like, they were just so fun. I love that they end up being next door neighbors, that Sung Hoon tries to avoid her because she is the reason for Hari, you know, basically deceiving and making a fool out of Taemu, his best friend and boss. But he's always looking out for her, like, either secretly, like, side-eyeing and eventually, like, beating down the creepo who put a secret camera in the lamp that he gave her as a gift or coming to her place when she's freaking out about a cockroach, even though he's just as freaked out. Like, come on that. Talk about like scenes like when he wouldn't even pick up the cup. <laughs> that was the so cockroach. Funny. She's got the cockroach trapped. She's got the cockroach trapped under a cup. And he's like, I don't I don't want it to run at me. I'm not going to pick up the cup. So instead, he empties two cans of roach spray in like this like widening like puddle. <laughs> around the cup like to the extent where they're both coughing from the fumes and i just i don't know they they had like amazing chemistry it was so funny and cute yeah i mean shout out to kim min Gyu, who is the actor who played chok sung hoon i loved him i thought he was so you know charming and i also love the couple i thought they were just really complimentary like i love how he was kind of like more quiet and stoic and she's a little bit more like more wild and silly and i just adored them and i loved rooting for a secondary couple it's one of my favorite things like i just love 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 rooting for a secondary couple and this was a blast and they were they were really sexy and i thought it was nice because the obviously the lead couple is like a little bit more angsty there's more conflict so we kind of got like the sexy a little bit quicker with the secondary couple i really loved the proposal for them too because you know she's like messing around the car they're driving along she opens up the glove compartment she finds the ring 
she's like, yeah, are you going to marry me? And then he's kind of like, oh, maybe some, you know, so they have this like thing. And then all of a sudden you see him like pull over on the bridge over the Han River. And she's like still talking at him. And finally, he's basically like, are you just going to like freaking shut up and let me do this? And Mm -hmm. but in a cute way. And Mm -hmm. I liked it because it felt like, I don't know, I feel like I am that heroine sometimes. (laughs) So it just felt cute to be like, I don't know, when you're talking all the time and someone's like, can you just like not? Because I'm trying to do this like cool thing for you. So I just, yeah, I really love them. And I also just want to say shout out because you, Megan, really loved this actress in Mr. Queen. And I liked her okay. Like, I didn't love her like you did. And in business proposal, I got it. And I was like, yeah. now I love her better in Mr. Queen, too. Like, I didn't dislike her. It's just you were, like, so invested. And I was kind of like, eh, it's fine. I freaking love the concubine in Mr. Queen. I, yeah. You're right. I did. I loved her. And now I and feel the- like I'm ride or die with her in any drama. Like, I was so in love with her in this drama. You know what? I did not realize it was the same actress until, like, the very end. Someone, I think it was you. You, Yeah, you said it. Yes. I did. Yeah, well, she, Leah said for Mr. Queen, I was like, she was the I didn't know button, that, right? And you I were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, she was. Because she played a completely different character. Like, transformed, like, she was, like, quiet. And this one, she was, like, you know, crazy. And yeah, I actually personally really liked the proposal because it felt true. I don't think he, Sung Hoon, would have done anything really public and attention-grabbing. Like, I think for him to just, like, pull over and be like, this is I just want you like I don't mm-hmm. think he like really knew how to do frills he knew how to like be there for her and be a really good partner but I just don't think he was like a frills type of person and really she just wanted him I don't think she needed the frills either and so I actually thought it was kind of funny I will say I thought the ring was Tamu's. Ah. so when she found the ring in the glove box I was like oh no she thinks he's gonna propose and really it's not his ring and then he's like it's my freaking ring here marry me I was like sweet (laughs) (laughs) speaking of the secondary romance let's talk about that scene the one where Young So drunkenly confesses that she likes Sung Hoon and then we flash to the next morning and find out that they slept together but Young So was too drunk to remember it what are your thoughts on the consent in this scene let me say, first of all, that I actually wasn't, I wasn't convinced that they actually slept together. I kept waiting for Sung Hoon to be like, psych, like, by the way, we totally did not smash when you were hammered, but that never happened. So I really had to like face the facts that I was like, okay, so I guess, I guess they actually did. So here's the thing. Did it give me pause? Yes, of course. And do I prefer explicit consent? Yes. I mean, I actually am, in, especially in my books, I write very explicit consent. So yeah, but in this drama, I feel like it was already kind of setting me up for this fantasy where I'm consenting to what's happening. So Hari told Temu numerous times, very clearly, that no, she didn't want to date him and that she wanted him to stop pursuing her. And he didn't take no for an answer. Like he said, I'm not taking no for an answer. In real life, that's creepy as fuck. In this drama, I was like, hell yeah, Tamu, don't let her say no to you. No means yes. (laughs) (laughs) So the drama, I thought, handled the aftermath of Sung Hoon and Young So's sexy times with humor. Like, it was also the way the drama kind of handled it. It wasn't really that Young So was, like, regretting the actual sex. It was more she regretted, like, not remembering it. And she was worried that, like, he would judge her. 
And I mean, let's be real. When Sung Hoon the next morning is like, next time, I'll make sure you remember. And like whipped off his glasses, like mid kiss. Like I was sort of forgetting about the whole blackout drunk thing. So here's the thing, though. Do I, do I think that some viewers might totally hate it? And could they also possibly be triggered based on like their own life experiences? Yeah. And that should 100% be respected. I'm just being honest about how I felt about it. But I do think that everyone would definitely view that scene differently. And that should be like respected. Like if someone did not like that scene, acceptable. I get it. Yeah, I was I yeah. was not a fan of it. I wasn't. And I, I agree that the Temu, I'm not going to stop pursuing you, would not fly in real life, but I kind of loved it here because I love <laughs> Temu. And I know Hari is going to end up loving Temu. So for that, I do just kind of surrender to the fantasy. But dubious consent is not my favorite, especially if somebody is like blackout drunk. Like I already cringed a little when they had their first kiss with her basically falling down, walking down the street. And then she kissed him and he kissed her back. Like, I was so ready for Sung Hoon to, like, brutally rebuff her so that the next morning he could kiss her sober and be like, I wanted to make sure you remembered Aww. our first kiss. Yeah. Yeah. See? That, that would, would be, be my rewrite. Too. That would be good, That'd too. He could still do the glasses bit. Yep. Totally. Like, I would just want him, like, I would want her to wake up and be like, oh, my God, what happened? And he'd be like, nothing. And then, like, kiss the shit out of her and be like, because I didn't yeah, want you to forget good, that. Good. I like that. Yeah. You know? So that's not what happened. I do admit, though, that I forgot about it like an episode or two later. Like, it didn't keep me from loving them as a couple. But I honestly don't even feel like... Like, that happens. That happens. Like, dubious consent happens and people are okay with it afterwards like they were. But I don't actually feel like it fit their dynamic. Like, it seemed a little It definitely wasn't neat to me. And I... And yeah, wonder... it wasn't needed. It didn't make him. It didn't make him sexier. Right. You know what I mean? To be like, yeah, we fucked, but you'll remember it next. <laughs> well... Like that didn't make it any sexier to me. Okay, I'm... to me, for you, Leah, that's fine. <laughs> but to me, it did not. I'm gonna say, like, well, okay. I mean, first off, here's the thing: is is consent like a necessary part of real life sex? Yes. And even if it's dubious consent, that's be, or no consent, like you accept, you like you ideally, like you've established, like that I you want to be in a that dynamic with someone. Otherwise, it is assault. So, like, let's just mm-hmm. like, okay, there's the real world, and we've talked a lot about the real world. Now we're going to K drama land, <laughs> and in K drama land, ripping off your glasses and being like, next time you're not gonna forget this action on you. I was like taking out my lasso and waving it over my head <laughs> like fucking yippee eye kaye this all the way to the problematic town. The the like kiss, flipping like, off glasses and then the like lunge kiss. I watched that gif 20 times. Ugh. And it the but the thing is is that what really got me in the ultimate fantasy like feels was the next time you're not going to forget kind of thing. And yeah. yes, in real life, no, that's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And I was so freaking like into it that I will say that, and this is not common for me, I actually didn't even critically think about the consent issue or like any of the problematic elements. Like it just didn't even, it wasn't even on my radar until, you know, the greater like zeitgeist of like the internet started talking about it. And I was like, well, hot damn, like, I was really just, like, 
so down into it that like it was like I I reverted back to like my core ninety self that was raised on just problematic everything and that was like of course just like how you hook up with people like of course you're gonna be knocked down drunk to like hook up because that's just what you do and so I was like you know I mean I guess I reverted back to my lizard brain or something. <laughs> But I mean, I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to I'm not enjoy. Apo- yeah, I'm not apologizing. Because yeah. I, th- yeah, I don't think you should. Because I think there is, you know, this, again, this is like K-drama world. And in a way, like, look, I was consenting. <laughs> and clearly, like, uh, Young So was consenting. But I could see how some, on the other hand, I could see how some viewers are like, hmm, like, maybe that even triggered me. Like, maybe yeah. I and had here's- a- an experience yes. where... You know, and so and the consent thing of like you saying I was consenting. Here's the thing that I think is the tricky part when like we kind of had this conversation and unpacked it is there's a lot of dark romance that's out in the Internet. And within that is lots of like dubious consent, maybe even less consent than that. But you're picking you're going into that experience like, you know, that's what you said, like you're going to pick up a book like that because you're consenting to like read about like something that. Let's be honest, many people don't like, but many people do like. But you're like mm-hmm. a grown ass adult and you've consented to like this fictional fantasy experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. But in business proposal, the problem is, is that like none of us consented to no consent sex and watching business <laughs> <Correct>. proposal. <laughs> like that it's wasn't a like, rom-com. Yeah, it wasn't the promise <laughs> that we were going into of like, well, clearly, like, I mean, if I read if I read something that's like daddy's little st- Stockholm slut bucket. Like I probably know what I'm getting into. <laughs> that probably is a that probably is a title. Legitimately. If it's not, you better like claim it right now. For your next book. But yeah, like I think that's a part of it was, is it was so unexpected that I was like, yeah, yeah, really? And like that's the and triggering that's... problematic part where for me I didn't have that as a trigger, so it didn't actually hit me at all and I wasn't sensitive to it. And then later I do understand that part. So now we're kind of in this like mixed thing where it's like, look, I liked it, but I also get why that was not the best call. Yeah. So I, I think my thing is just like if someone didn't like it, be respectful of it because mm-hmm. that's that's obviously okay and i also see it but i also think it's okay on the other hand to be like you know what i was ready to go with the flow go with the flow with sung hoon with his sexy glasses love a guy with and glasses oh uh, and his workout regimen i mean thank thank you for whoever's like whoever's thank like you. yes the workout yeah, scene whoever yeah. decided to just like throw him in a gym and make him do like a bunch of like you know pull-ups or whatever i mean god bless you and the leg lifts yeah, the leg lifts. I was like, all we need is like a freaking salmon bar. Remember like the salmon bar from Arrow? Oh, the salmon, the salmon ladder. ladder from... The salmon ladder. Yeah, like that's that's what we needed was just like the salmon ladder. <laughs> well, this next question kind of leads into what we were talking about. But what did we think about the heat level of this drama? I did hear. So none of us have, have read the webtoon. I did hear the webtoon was even steamier. And methinks uh should be reading some webtoons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I think it fit the pacing of this drama. And we even get, you know, especially with our, our main leads, we get a sweet, like, morning after scene, which I really liked. And then it's punctuated with some good comedy as Hari and Temu are caught acting all couply outside the chicken shop by her parents after Hari had said she was sleeping at Young So's the night before. So her mom basically beats her with a rice cake. <laughs> <laughs> she does. So funny. Like, she sees her daughter from across the street. Tamu is about to kiss her, and literal sparks fly out from behind her as she runs across the street brandishing the rice cake. Like, it was... I loved it. 
like it was like so I, I think like they just I think there's just some really good pairing of like the romance and the comedy in this and yeah I liked that once they decided we are dating with like real intent here and they have sex like I was I loved it yeah, I agree. So I thought I thought the sex scene that they had was, uh, let's say the main leads, I thought was was really beautiful. Like I thought it was done really, really well. And it was sexy, but like it stopped at a certain point. It did. You know, that it did. kind of expect from K-dramas. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. Like I thought I loved, I thought it was basically like a perfect level of heat, I guess I would say. I would say for the secondary couple, I really liked that there were a lot of scenes where like Young So was kind of like the initiator. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really kind of cool and felt a little like unique and to me like the heat level was about the same as what's wrong with secretary kim which i think is is nice like i think because again i really feel like if you liked what's wrong with secretary kim you're gonna like business proposal they're just really great comps and you know so yeah so the heat levels were, were similar so kudos to like the creator for like nailing in my opinion that like kind of perfect balance yeah So I think the thing that I liked about the sex scene in episode 11 between the two leads was, A, it was just, like, so plotted and scripted, even though there was, like, passion. Like, I love that it was like, okay, we're going to get him up against the wall because we all love a good wall kiss. Then we're going to pick her up, and then we're going to walk her over, just set her down on the desk. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, like, there's no real, like, we're not going to stay on the desk. We're not lingering. (laughs) But we are going to, like, pop her ass on the desk for, like, a second. (laughs) (laughs) and then we're gonna make our way to the bedroom and then best oh and i like that at one point he slides her coat off i'm like damn the coat came off (laughs) and she's fully dressed (laughs) but then she's the one that takes his shirt off and that's as undressed as they get so we get like his awesome back and then she gets flipped onto the bed and you know she's going to like pleasure town too but yeah i just like that it was like almost like there was like a checklist to the scene of like we need to really get a couple of these signature moves in before we get to the main event so funny you're so right so what did we think of the finale did we want more did we want grandfather in the chicken shop (laughs) (laughs) i you know i didn't think we needed the year apart with Temu taking grandfather to the u.s for supposed medical treatment he couldn't get in south korea like don't get me wrong i like the separation trope when the motivation feels necessary like i think a good example of this is startup because i think the separation and startup I mean, I'm not going to give, you know, big spoilers, but like there's a separation in that one and lots of stuff happens. Like there's, you know, character growth and stuff like that. Whereas here it was very gratuitous and it happened like almost at the end of the episode. It was like, we're going, we're going, we're going. And then, oh, oh my gosh, he needs surgery. He's not, he's not fake sick. He needs surgery. I need to go to the U.S. and then be there for a year. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just, it, it seemed very unnecessary when we could have had a lot of cute fun with the couple once they were finally together and everybody was accepting of it. Like grandfather in the chicken shop would have been fun. Like watching his drama with Hari's parents, like that would have been fantastic. But instead we just got this random separation and then a really rushed sort of, okay, let's get married. Yeah. I mean, I will say the one thing that made me happy about the finale was that Shin Hari like kept her freaking job and yes. it was the job she wanted. Yes. 
Like, I don't want to give too many spoilers about what's wrong with Secretary Kim, but the job situation. <laughs> oh, gosh. That no. was really, that was frustrating. It was. Yeah, the job situation for the heroine in that was very frustrating, where I feel like Hari was like, no, this is my job. I worked really hard, and I'm really freaking good at my job. I liked how she vocalized that in episode 11 really clearly, too, and really, like, made right. a case for herself. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, she's like, I'm good at my job. Like, look at all the awards I won and look at all the projects that I did that ended up being super successful. Like, I always felt like she was really confident in her job, Mm -hmm. always. And I adored that about her. And so I did like that she kept that job. Like, and she didn't in any way settle to be with Tamu. I agree, the, like, gap was weird. It's funny because watching the last episode, I kept checking, like, the time. I'm like, how are there only five minutes left? Mm-hmm. What are they like? What are they doing? Because I definitely wanted more. I thought that proposal was nice. I, I I saw some chatter online that people wanted it to be like more grand, and I get that. I will say that I think it was still lovely for them, and I really loved kind of like the last scene where they're they still have that like banter with each other, and they were wearing like essentially matching outfits. He was wearing that gray suit with like the yellow stripes. She was wearing the like yellow skirt, I think. And the cherry like blossoms the, are falling. Like it was very pretty. Blossom. It was very. Pretty. It was so yes. pretty, and you know, I mean. I think that even if you wanted more, you can't say like, like, it's not like the the finale made me angry. Like, I was like, you know what, probably I wanted more just because I maybe would have watched four more episodes of them just being like stupid happy. But overall, I was okay with it. And I think it's because the entire drama left me with good feelings. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. It didn't... I feel like, though, the pacing, I do think, got a little off the rail. Like, not badly. And look, not like it would have if it was 16 episodes. Right. But I do feel like, I think some of the grandpa conflict was a little too... I mean, I think that there were... The grandpa conflict got a little bit too much. There was just a couple of things that felt... Per- like, I really feel like the first bit felt perfectly paced. Yeah. And then, you know what? Not everything's perfect and very little is perfect and perfection's an illusion. So whatever. I liked it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how I feel. Like, I'm like, it was fine. Did I feel at the end? Did I feel good? Yes. Yeah. Did I feel happy? Did I, was, was I like absolutely delighted and entertained for 12 episodes? Like, hell yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that's what, you know, I see a lot of people who are like, I just want a really good happy ending. And I just want, I just want a drama that makes me happy. Well, this is it. Like, this drama is just going to make you happy. The conflict isn't crazy. You're not going to cry. What? I didn't cry at all. I don't think. Yeah. No. I mean, no. I could have done without a lot. Le- I could have done with no rain. Tr- the rain trauma was, that was just not it. Like, I really feel like they could have found a different <laughs> trigger. Because rain, like you said, like rain is like, unless you're living where I live and we're in a horrific drought, plus it just doesn't have weather. Rain is like, are you just going to have them go catatonic every right. other day? <laughs> right. Okay, and then is there anything else you want to get off your chest about the drama? Yeah, we didn't talk about the amazingly awesome cousin. Yes. <laughs> she was so that's funny. Who I, oh that's my gosh. Who I was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to mention. Okay, well, why don't you talk about the best line of like the whole drama then? <laughs> okay, so Joe Yu Jung was played by So Hai Wan. And so she's Young So's cousin. And she was just this like complete comic relief in a drama that was already funny. And so the way she talked was she mixed a lot of English in with her Korean. And it was like the way this actress delivered the lines was so funny. And so 
she kind of has this like weird like antagonistic relationship with with young so but then she also like kind of needs i mean they're they're relatives so at one point she like really needs to confide about something and young so's like can you call like a friend <laughs> her cousin's having like a mental breakdown and she's like you know i have no chingu and it was just like <laughs> the funniest thing oh my god it was so funny like she's just again it was like the way she delivered the lines it was like the english words that she used mixed with the korean it was hysterical i loved her so much i saw someone online call her annoying and like i'll fight i will fight i thought she she was was fun she was super fun it was a fun little like competitive you know, relationship that they had. But then when it came down to it, like Young So was there for her when she when she needed her. And it was very, very yeah. cute and very sweet. They were. They were so cute. And so shout out to her because she was a fantastic actress that I thought like really delivered in that role yes. and made it stand out in a way that could have easily just been kind of like actually could have been annoying or like a passing like whatever. Like she just really, really nailed it, in my opinion. Yeah, I would almost watch a drama with just her. <laughs> I don't know. Right? I mean, like a very short one. I'd go like eight episodes for her. But She <laughs> might be a little much for like a main character. <laughs> but I could watch her finding love for sure. Or like a two episode, you know, like she was just so quirky. Yeah. Okay. So I think that that is it. If anyone else has anything to say about Business Proposal, but... I think in short, we all loved it. It it was a really fun drama. It wasn't super long. And if you made it to the end and you still haven't seen it, it's still worth it. I'm serious. It doesn't even matter if you know what's going to happen. It truly doesn't. It's just enjoyable. Yeah, it's just fun. Enjoy it. Watch it for the last. Yeah, I didn't like, I like, I'm not a robot, etc. Like, that's way better for me. Like, I like that more. It was deeper and more complex. But I do feel like this fits into like that. Yeah. What's wrong with Secretary Kim? You ate some candy and afterwards you don't feel sick about it. You're like, that was fun. I mean, I almost feel like it was like Touch Your Heart too, except Touch Your Heart was maybe a little bit more in depth too. But it fit yeah, within Touch that. Touch Your Heart's probably a good comp too. Yeah. yeah. I just felt like what it lacked in some of the plot depth, it balanced itself out by having such highly likable characters. And so much humor. Yeah. So funny. And so they were just so like, I mean, so yeah, you're like, okay, there's like the rain trauma and that's dumb. And like grandpa, like whatever with his like needing, like, you know, we have to hide the relationship stuff with grandpa. But it was like, I don't matter because there's a freaking feathered dinosaur popping out of the phone and there's like the (laughs) I have no chingu and there's just like so much funny whatever. (laughs) Oh, and you know what though? And the other thing, okay, I don't want to end this on a negative, but we didn't address it at all was the evil ex yeah of the best friend like that was really that was when i felt like the i'm like okay we really are starting to throw some conflict at the wall here and then she didn't even and then she and then and then when he was like she's too embarrassed so i'm apologizing to you for her yeah you know at the end that was in the last forgot about that i kind of i feel like i just like forgot about it because i was like because i don't care it was just so like unnecessary and so again that's where i feel like there were things that towards the like last quarter that i was like you know we didn't need that however you did such a good job with the characters that were kind of it's kind of like fine it's fine yeah i'll forgive you i'll forgive you (laughs) i'll take my wig of the finger and i will put it back in my pocket (laughs) okay so what are we all watching nothing i just finished this like an hour ago (laughs) (laughs) i am playing catch up with pachinko i've got one episode to go and so oh my gosh wait there's a i haven't missed did i miss one no no i just haven't gotten to four i didn't haven't watched four yet 
Okay, I was like, oh my gosh, did, I, did a new one drop? I, oh, that's right. I forgot that I'm watching Pachinko because I have to wait. This is the first time that I'm like like caught up on a drama. You're watching it yes, currently like, airing. I binged the hell out of Pachinko over the weekend and I love it. And I will say Pachinko is a drama about Korea. It's not a, right. It is not a K-drama. Right. It's really well done though. And oh my gosh, I, I really, really love it. Yeah, I like it too. And so I've got to catch up with that. And then I have to figure out, here's my dilemma, is... Pachinko is not happy. No. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's got, it's fine, but it's not happy. I like it a lot, but it's not happy. And I know that I need to watch My Mister. And so I'm trying to decide because how much do I hate myself that I'm just going to like jump on this like sadness bandwagon. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't mind sadness either. It's just, I'm not really feeling in the, I mean, it's spring. I know. My yard smells yeah. like jasmine. I'm like. Okay. I mean, I'm going to BTS. I got to tell you. Okay. So I, I technically finished the drama this afternoon and then I came home and I did some work stuff. And before like I was eating dinner and I was like, you know, maybe I'll watch the first episode of my mister right now before we log on. And I open up Netflix and I go to the first episode and I'm like, all right, it's a 16 episode drama. Okay. Not terrible. It's not, you know, 24 that I have to, you know, get through, even though whatever, like Mr. Sunshine can be 600 episodes and I'll, I'll watch it. But then I go to start the first episode and it's 90 minutes. <laughs> Megan's like, yep. 90 minutes where it's cold, <laughs> likely raining, and everyone cries. So have fun. <laughs> okay. I mean, take, the, take that out when we go take the, no, 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 no. We, we're, that has to stay. Yeah. We're going to do it. But here's the thing is, I think that you really need to go to semantic error. I think that we need to do semantic error first. I promise semantic error is short and you will love it. It's delightful. It's delightful. I mean, I would watch it again. I loved it so I'll much. I'll watch it for sure. I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah, you will love it. We want to record a pod yeah. on it because it's it's delightful. And a lot of our, our listeners. Yeah, no, no, no. I, if it's, I want something delightful. <laughs> delightful works for Here, me. Let me just mm-hmm. say like where I'm at right now, just with one other thing too. So I watched this J-drama that was called Mood Indigo. And it's a male-male just, I mean, it's really hot and intense and fucked up and not happy. And at the end, you're just kind of like, oh, God, I just feel really not good. But then there's a sequel. <laughs> the sequel's called The Novelist. And it was such a good show that I'm like, I got I gotta see the sequel. But like that was really brutal on my heart. And now oh, so I no. mean now I'm like, okay, so am I gonna watch yeah. more just kind of like self-loathing, Mm-mm. sad, kinky, Japanese sex? Yeah, I guess I am. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I am watching Prison Playbook and I don't even know why I started it. So I know Sarah, one of our listeners, she's on Instagram at KDrama This. She had watched Prison Playbook and she like told us, she's like, you guys will really like this. It's by the same writers as Hospital Playlist and the Reply series, which is very evident when I'm watching it. Like I see a lot of similarities. It feels like Hospital Playlist set in prison. Like that's <laughs> kind of what it feels like. I will say I like it 10 times more than Hospital Playlist. Interesting. Wow. I am freaking... Well, okay. Well, I will say, though, I didn't like Hospital Playlist as much as you guys did. I love Prison Playbook. Like, I'm actually, with each passing episode, I'm becoming, like, more and more obsessed. And I think there's a couple reasons I like it more in Hospital Playlist. First of all, there is one kind of central character that you can kind of hang your hat on. Does that make sense? Where I feel like in Hospital Playlist, it was just more of like an ensemble mm-hmm. cast. Whereas Prison Playbook, there is like one central character. He like you follow him, you know why he went to prison. The cast is huge and you are invested in like all their different stories. But I feel like there's always this kind of like central character you can come back to, which I 
like and everything kind of revolves a little bit around him and you see like his interactions with all these other characters but you're still getting the backstories of all these characters i would say like the narrative writing style is very similar to hospital playlist and i love it like it's set in prison but so obviously there's like bad stuff that happens but the amount of like goodness and kindness in people that comes out like it's like I just feel like every episode something makes my heart like swell three sizes like the Grinch you know what I mean like I, I feel like I'm like looking down on Whoville like it's <laughs> in prison <laughs> as they're all going Yahoo yeah I just I'm really enjoying it I'm on like episode 11 I think like I'm really going through it fast because I find like I'm watching it in spurts kind of like over lunch or whatever but it's really it's really delightful I i'll just say flat out if you liked hospital playlist i really think you will like prison playbook it's just it's great and so the the main character just to know is played by parquet sue and he was sangu in squid game and i mean like i said the cast is huge oh oh leah the like second male lead kind of in the triangle of our beloved summer is also Ooh, in it. you know i like him i know and he plays a completely different character he's like really charming is and he a guard a or a prisoner he's a prisoner and they call him jailbird because he's basically like always in jail and that's not a spoiler like you find that out right away and jung Hae-in is in it I mean, I can't even tell, like, everyone is in it. Oh, I, let me just say this real quick, because this is this also is not a spoiler. Choi Moo-sung, who is Gunner Jang in Mr. Sunshine, and is Tech's dad in Reply. So, who, Tech is played by Park Bo-gum. So there's this scene <laughs> where the character played by, you know, Choi Moo-sung is like, hey, when I was younger, people used to say that I look like Park Bo Gum. And it's just really funny because it's like mm-hmm. this kind of like, you know, ode to, to uh, Reply 1988. And yeah, I'm just super freaking delighted. I love it way more than I expected to. I thought it was just going to be like, okay, cool. And the first couple episodes, I was like, all right, I like it. But now I'm like super into it. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And it makes me very happy. Okay, so thanks for hanging with us as we went through a business proposal. We hope you check it out because we really do love it. And yeah, until next time. Annyeong! Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, Annyeong!